constant through all the years, Ray. The ladies are digging my sweet face. It's the Sexy Voice Show on Beyond the Game. <laughs> Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game. Oh, I hurt them so much. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. You like that? You like that? That's the dumbest thing I could think of. You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. That is a career ender. Just like this show. Please clap. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning and welcome to another broadcast of the Beyond the Game program. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. Give them a call at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Rick Benson taking you through the next hour and joining me as he usually does is producer extraordinaire Zach Barletta. You can check out our website, btgprogram.com. There you can learn more about the show. You can find archives of past interviews, segments, and broadcasts. By the way, a significant portion of airtime and production costs for Beyond the Game is paid for by the financial support of our listeners. And you can support the program by purchasing a t-shirt or maybe a BTG coffee mug or becoming a financial contributor. Give it a look, btgprogram.com. You can also interact with the show on Twitter and other social platforms at BTG Program. It is the best time of the year. The hockey playoffs are about to get started. The Knicks season is about to end. (laughs) And, of course, baseball. Baseball is here. Baseball is back. By the way, did you see the shirt Bomani Jones wore this week on the ESPN set? No, I didn't see it. I meant to go back and look, and I never did. It's a knockoff of the Cleveland Indians logo with with the team being named, instead of the Indians, the Caucasians, and the logo being a white guy in the image of the Indians' Chief Wahoo. Obviously, Jones was trying to make a point that Chief Wahoo and even the Indians' name is offensive, perhaps thinking that, that white people, can I say that, white? Is that somehow offensive, too? I suppose Jones figured white people would more easily see the offense when it was a character of their own race. Frankly, I wasn't offended, and I'm your average white guy. Maybe I'm a hardened old fool, but I wasn't all that offended. I don't need to whine about how hurtful Bomani Jones is or run (laughs) to some sort of safe place with tears in my eyes. I just sort of giggled to move on. You need to check your privilege, Benson. I, well, see, that's it. <laughs> if perhaps anything was offensive, there was a dollar symbol used instead of Chief Wahoo's feather headdress. I imagine that was some sort of suggestion that all white people are rich and privileged, to which I would say this to Mr. Jones. Call me up sometime, man. If you want to get together and compare lifestyles and maybe our childhoods, how we grew up, I'm not asking anyone for any pity, but... Don't talk to me about privilege and wealth. Actually, the stupidity of the stunt is more offensive than the shirt itself. Yeah. I mean, it was just, come on, that's stupid. But I guess whatever it takes to draw attention to yourself, because I'm fairly certain that train wreck of a show you're part of won't won't get you any attention you crave. How do these people get so sensitive in the first place? 
I mean, judging by the appearance of Bomani Jones, this isn't even his fight. He doesn't look like an American Indian to me. No, no, he does not. I mean, should they change the name and the logo? That's up to them. But, I mean, if you don't like it, don't go to their game. Not that I don't imagine Bomani Jones has paid to go to too many Cleveland Indian games recently. No, probably not. But baseball is back. And, of course, with the return of baseball comes the debates on rule changes. The big one this year was the slide into second base, and already we've seen a couple instances, including a game-ender with the Toronto Blue Jays. Jose Bautista, of all people. It was just perfect that it's this guy. (laughs) But in the video, you saw the video? Yeah. You can clearly see him shift. Now, he's sliding in to break up a double play. There's no more neighborhood play. The second baseman has to stay with the back, which he is. So Bautista comes in, he's sliding, and then he grabs the guy's ankle. He sort of twists his body. You can see it's obviously he's lunging for the ankle. He turns his back on the bag to to grab Logan Forsyth's leg. I mean, he violates like three different stipulations of the rule there. It's it. I don't. Then you get upset about it. You you know, if that's the case and you got called out, you kind of go, yeah, I, you know, it, it was just instinct, whatever. I reach for the guy's ankle. I, Fine, I'm out. But he got so belligerent, and this is the thing that drives me crazy about Bautista. All of a sudden, he is Mr. You-can't-question-anything-he-does-or-he-gets-upset. Kind of like David Ortiz, and we've talked about this on this program. You pitch Ortiz inside, which is good strategy, and he gets upset about it. Well, Bautista's the same way. Mm -hmm. And now here he gets thrown out. And then, of course, John Gibbons. Yeah. Gets all excited about it and says, what, 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 should we wear in dresses or something? Come on. You got, your guy grabbed the, the ankle. I think it's a good rule. I don't understand why they think that rule shouldn't have been changed anyway. It's not really to me part of the game. I know breaking up double plays has been something that's been done in baseball for quite a while, but it's not part of the skill set of the game of baseball. Right. You want to turn a double play. Turn to double play. Taking the guy out is above and beyond the skill set of the game. Yeah, if you step back and you look at it, remove the emotion of however long you've been a baseball fan, and just look at the play, if you are arguing that the new rule is bad, basically what you're saying is you should allow player X to slide into and injure player Y. How can you make that argument that it's one guy should guy, be allowed to injure another guy? the same guy that argues about You should be able to truck the catcher. Well, you say, well, you can't truck any other infielder. Why the catcher? Well, he's got the equipment. Like, that equipment is going to protect him from a runner barreling into him. That's not what the the equipment is designed to do. Right. So you're taking these elements. You're paying these players huge amounts of money. So you're putting implements into the game to try to protect them. You can't complain about the fact that you're not allowed to take out the runner. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other one we saw was uh, in the Yankee game against Houston earlier this week. You saw Dylan Patances upset because the runner was in the, was out of the base path. He was on the grass, and he had to try to throw it over his head. Frankly, in this one, I, I'm with the umpires on it. I don't yet. Yeah, you could have called him out. He was obviously out of the, the base path. But the fact of the matter is that's not why he threw it at the right field. I mean, 
throw it, hit the guy. And then what the umpires, I agree with what the umpire said, hit him in the back and let that, we'll call him out at that point. Yeah. I think, I, I don't know. I don't think it's, I don't think that one's a question that can be answered. I think you can argue each side convincingly enough that no one's ever going to be able to agree on it. But I, I just think w- w- down the road, when we see that play and the pitcher thinks, all right, I got to hit him with the throw and the guy gets hit in the head or something with the uh, throw, you know, like, point. I just think that's a slippery slope there too. We were playing a softball game. This is years ago. Guys rounding third, heading for home and the throw is up the line from the outfit. Now he's not wearing a batting helmet. And guy gets hit right in the head and just goes down in a heap and tumbles. And the humorous part was just the way it went down. He was okay. Believe it or not, he was okay. But to watch him tumble and go through the dirt the way he yeah. just fell, I mean, just in a crumpled heap. But you're right. I guess there is that risk of danger for somebody getting seriously injured. But I, I don't, I can't, I have a hard time subscribing. That's why that throw went in the right field was because of the, the run. I just think it was an errant throw. But we'll talk about predictions later in the show, but we've already had a good week of highlights and things that we haven't seen before. The balls are flying all over the place. The Yankees, as of this Unless recording, the have a winning record. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, for the Padres, baseballs were flying all over the place. They just weren't hitting any of them. Coming up today on Beyond the Game, we're going to discuss the new baseball season. We've got more to talk about. Plus, we'll give you our playoff predictions. I'm going to share some thoughts on Abby Wambach and hopefully make an application we can all take away. And, of course, we have many of our regular features, such as shenanigans and pests of the week, coming up today on Beyond the Game. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town and Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town and Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town and Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a geographically challenged rock band delivering a commencement speech. Graduates, here's a song called Adulthood is Scary, but Progressive is Snapshot. Plug it in and save money 
for being a safe driver. Let me hear you, Cleveland. I mean, Kansas City. Uh, New York? Safe drivers save with Snapshot from Progressive. Now you're wearing a stupid hat. Congrats. No, but really, where are we? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Snapshot not available in all states. Grace and Truth Youth Baseball is registering for its 2016 season. G&T has divisions to accommodate boys and girls ranging from ages 5 to 15 years of age. Games are played Saturday mornings beginning May 7th and continuing through June 25th. Some age groups will have a weeknight practice time as well. All games are played at the beautiful G&T Sports Park in Hilton. The baseball programs offered through G&T Athletics teach baseball in a fun, family-centered environment that is sure to provide your family with many fond memories. For more information or to register, visit gntathletics.info. That's gntathletics.info. Glad to have you with us. Beyond the Game program, Rick Benson, Zach Barletta with you. Why don't we just continue, Zach, talking a little bit more baseball. We've waited a long, cold winter. Actually, it really wasn't all that long and cold. There was hardly any snow here in Rochester this year. It was kind of a rainy winter, to be honest. Regardless, we went a long time without talking much baseball, and it's here. So let's. We got predictions. This is something that, you know, for those of you listening, I hate doing predictions. To me, they're like a <laughs> nothing more than a educated guess. And maybe sometimes it's not even an educated guess. But Zach has the title of producer of the program, and he likes to do this stuff, and I got to go along with it in this case. So we are going to give some predictions. And the ones that really get me, I you know, you can look at the divisions and you can kind of make some guesses. But you know what? When guys pick wins and losses, I mean, there's so much over a course of 162 games. How can you pick? Well, this team's going to win 94 games. Maybe they win 95. I mean, that's an impossible pick. Yeah. Kind of like what you want to do here with MVPs and Cy Youngs, and it'll be fun to do, but, man, that is so hard. Aside from picking Kershaw, we're probably going to be wrong with all of these, right? But let's look at let's look at the American League and talk about the East Division. We'll start there. We're both Yankees fans. I can't imagine that you would have the Yankees winning. I certainly don't. I don't. I see Toronto winning that division. I'm with you. I'm with you. I just, they don't have a lot of pitching, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think they're going to win a lot of 11 to 10 games. Yeah, I think they got a chip on their shoulder too. But as long as it's the Yankees division, let's let's go right down in order. Who do you have in second place in that? Second place? Or just uh, give me your hold of it. How do you see the American League East finishing? I have the Yankees in second place. Do you really? I, I think do. everything has to go perfect for them to have a great year. And how often does that happen? So for me, I've got the Blue Jays, then the Red Sox, then the Yankees, then the Orioles, then the Rays. Although I could actually see the Orioles skipping ahead of the Yankees. I have actually a very different division, so this will be fun to talk about. Uh, I think I could see the Rays in third, uh, Red Sox fourth, and then the Orioles at the bottom. Hmm. Uh, I think the Orioles have a lot of power but they're going to strike out a ton, and they have no pitching. Uh, the Rays have a lot of pitching, and I think maybe just enough offense to win a few more games than people think. The Red Sox, I don't believe in. Um, D- yeah, David Price is great. Yeah, David Ortiz is farewell tour, but but the rest of that rotation is not great. 
they're still play, paying a lot of money to Hanley Ramirez and Pablo Sandoval. They do have money tied up, but I think there's a lot of talent on that roster. They I do think. have a very deep farm system, and a lot of people that I've seen rank the Red Sox very high have said they have a deep farm system, they'll be able to trade for whatever they need, which may be true, but that stuff they need is not on the roster right now, so I can't rank them any higher than, All right. than that. So we, we both have the Toronto Blue Jays winning the East. In the Central, I have... The Cleveland Indians. So do I. I thought no I was. Way. Being, I thought I was being sneaky with that. All they're right. they're the Mets of the American League. Their pitching staff is their pitching so is incredible. Good. Yeah, so good. Yeah, the the Royals are a complete team. I mm-hmm. love how they play the game. I just I'm really I like the Indians pitching. I think it's going to be enough to carry them to win that division. Every year with the Royals, I say I like them, but I don't think they have enough pitching. And somehow they hang around, and then they get that pitcher at the deadline or whatever, and they're there at the end. So I, they'll be in the playoffs, but I think that the Indians sneakily surprise and win the division. In the West? I've got the Astros. Me too. So so far in the American League, we agree. We Blue Jays, agree. Indians, Astros. Your wild card team? I've got the Royals and Yankees. Let's see, I have the Royals and the Red Sox. All right. So we do agree the Royals will be facing a team from the East in the wild card game. Yeah, but that's terrible. For We're supposed to disagree. We're supposed to argue over this stuff. And the only thing we disagree on is I've got the Red Sox and you've got the Yankees in the wild card. Everything else, we're the same. Blue Jays, Indians, Astros, division winners. Well, how about this? I, I have a list of a couple teams that I think could sneak into that wild card spot. I think the Rangers, the Rays, and the Twins are capable of that. What do you think about that? I, I don't see it happening for the Rays. I can get down with the Rangers, and I can get down with um, the Twins. The Twins. I, I, I have the Tigers on that list, too, but I don't think that would really be a surprise to anybody because they're going to score so many runs. Let's talk about the National League. And this is where I really – I had a hard time, the National League East, because I don't want to pick the Mets because – Everybody the Met, picks the Mets? Well, because the Mets are going to do – what the Mets do. And last year they didn't do that. But honestly, I was big on the Nationals. And I still am. I just think they lost a little bit much. I think losing Zimmerman hurts them more Mm -hmm. than maybe a lot of people are thinking. So while I think the Nationals are still very much a, a, a good team to contend with, I think the Mets will win that division. I gotta tell you, I'm not as sold on the pitching is great, but I don't see the team there. I don't see the unity there. And I think, but we'll talk about that later in the show. But I got the Mets in the East. What about you? I have the Mets in the East as well. What about the Central? Central, I've got the Pirates. See, I've got the Cubs. Why would you go with Pirates there? I'm just curious when Uh, the the Cubs look so tooled for... The Pirates can pitch. And you know me, I like the analytics. I like the the formulas and the numbers and what the pirates are doing. I don't know if you read about this with their batting order where they've got John Jaso batting leadoff, who's as far from the prototypical leadoff guy as you can get, but he gets on base at a ridiculous number. They moved Andrew McCutcheon up to second. Long story short, their lineup looks bizarre, but the reasoning behind it, I really am on board with. Plus, you know, the pirates, they always can pitch. They have two stud pitchers on the way from the minors. The Cubs, I really love the Cubs. I think they have the most, probably the most talented overall roster in the game, but they're depending on a lot of guys that are going to be in their second year, some of them their first full season. And I think the sophomore slump is a real thing. And I think we could see a little regression with them this year. 
I All still right, like so there them we a lot, have a but... disagreement. Uh, you've we've got the Mets in the East. You've got the Pirates. I've got the Cubs. Out West, who do you who do you have? It's an even year, so I've got the Giants. Yeah, see, I got the, I do have the Dodgers there. I think the Dodgers are a solid team, top to bottom, and I think that's going to be tough to beat. And I know everybody talks about the even year thing, and and the Giants got great pitching too. I just I don't think they're as strong as the Dodgers. See, I. I joke about the even year thing. Obviously, I don't believe in that, but I, I just think for once they actually have, they're going to score a lot of runs to go with that pitching. So the Dodgers have, they're the team that's got so much talent on the team, but I feel like they're like the early 2000s Yankees where they have so many high paid guys, but they just don't really fit well together. Um, so I, you know, I, really I can see know. some of that to a degree, but I think the talent is so high that it, that it'll overshadow some of that. You have the Pirates winning the Central. I do have the Pirates in a wild card. I see them getting one of the wild cards, and this is where I'm torn between the Giants and the Nationals for the other one. I'm actually going to go with the Nationals there. Okay. Well, now that I have um, said bad things about both of them, I have the Dodgers and Cubs as my wild card teams. So basically we have the same teams, just the kind of different, different. Yeah. different orders. Okay. World Series matchup? I'm going to go with Pirates and, no, let's just go nuts. Pirates and Indians. That is nuts. I got I got Blue Jays Cubs. I think it's pretty sad. A lot of people have Blue Jays Cubs, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But. That's not a really big limb that you're on. No, it's, it's not. And because those teams, I think, are so stacked, Indians Pirates, that is a limb that you're climbing out on. Yeah, we're going to have to lose this audio at the end of the year when we do our, our wrap-up <laughs> show and neither one of those teams is there. Okay, before we go to break, though, let's talk about some of the awards. And this is where it's so hard because you never know if a guy gets hurt or yeah. what ha- goes in a prolonged slump. There's so many things that can happen. But MVP, I'm going to say, well, I wanted to say Manny Machado. I was almost going to, but I'm thinking Robinson Cano is Ooh. due to have a good, solid, and he's killing it to start the season. I'm going to say Robinson Cano and Paul Goldschmidt are my. See, Goldschmidt, I really wanted to pick Goldschmidt for the National League, but A.J. Pollock got hurt. That was going to be on base ahead of him, and I just think that is going to drop his RBIs enough that he doesn't get it. I've got, in the American League, Carlos Correa, and in the National League, Anthony Rizzo of the Cubs. Huh, good picks there, too. Carlos Correa, I just look at him, and I see little baby A-Rod, and it's just... I think the sky is the limit for him. Now, obviously, our program is airing several days into the season, but we talked about this a week ago, mm-hmm. talked about these style. When did you make that Carlos Carrera pick? This morning. All right, so you based it on some yeah. reason. All my picks, in full disclosure, were prior to the start of the first pitch. Yeah. In in true form for me, we knew two weeks ago we were going to do this, and I made my picks this morning. <laughs> Cy Young Award, I've got Corey Kluber of the Indians and Garrett Cole of the Pirates. Both of those are really good picks. Uh, I've got Chris Sale from the White Sox, and I've got Max Scherzer from the Nationals. All right, one more Rookie of the Year. Uh, AL, I've got Blake Snell, uh, young stud pitcher for the Rays. And in the National League, I've got Corey Seager, the Dodger shortstop. That's a good pick. Uh, I went Byron Buxton with the Twins. And I toyed with Trevor's story, and I'm telling you, this was before he went off and had that great opening. I made these picks before the first pitch was thrown. 
But I actually think Kenta Maeda of the Dodgers. He's off to a great start. Yeah, that's that's who I've got. He threw a shutout and hit a home run. So, I mean, what more can you do? That's my pick. Because the Dodgers, they're known for Rookie of the Years. And the reason Trevor Story plays a position that you see a lot of Rookie of the Years at. And you know he's my guy, Trevor Story. So, big Trevor Story fan. All right, so there you have it. There's our predictions for this year. We'll review them probably halfway through the season, and we'll talk about it again at the end of the year. Zach's got a Pirates-Indians World Series. He's going out there. I've got the safe pick, the Blue Jays-Cubs. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back right after this break. You're listening to Beyond the Game, brought to you by Town & Country Test Solutions. Hope and inspiration can be hard to find at times. For that reason, God has given us many promises in His Word in which we can cling to. Spencer Traver focuses on several of these promises in his book, 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord. 21 Promises accounts real-life stories to help us recognize God's presence and identify His promises as we endure present times. With the help of Scripture, 21 Promises teaches young and old alike to understand with their minds and believe with their hearts in the unfailing promises of God. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver is available through Amazon and other booksellers or through the website traverbrothers.com. That's traverbrothers.com. Pick up a copy of 21 Promises and enjoy the unfolding of the promises of God as they're displayed in both Scripture and real-life events. 21 Promises Declaring Jesus as Lord by Spencer Traver. On sale now. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions. Town & Country has been in business for nearly three successful decades. They know how to get the job done. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown. Well, just about any place that you can pick up this radio station is a place Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country technicians are friendly, professional, and most important, knowledgeable. Have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't? Call Town & Country. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, you name it. Call Town & Country. Even raccoons and larger animals. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. And let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Call Town & Country Pest Solutions at 585-426-5024 or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Barry Bonds never took steroids. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Don't ruin it by being an idiot. Highlighting the stories and the people of faith. I have a high moral standard. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. How silly can you get? You want to heckle blind people? That would make me soil my pants. <laughs> Dude. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG Studios in Rochester, New York. Here is your host, Rick Benson. Welcome back to Beyond the Game at btgprogram.com. Now, you may or perhaps may not have heard that retired U.S. women's soccer star Abby Wambach was arrested last weekend in charges of DUII, driving under the influence of intoxicants. She was pulled over in Portland, Oregon last Saturday just after 11 p.m. after failing to stop for a red light. Now, I got to tell you, 
Those of you who know me know that I'm a believer in the old adage that nothing good happens after midnight. In fact, I have little trouble saying that for the most part, nothing really good happens after 11 p.m. People that get in trouble at 2 a.m., I often just, why are you out at 2 a.m.? Now, in Abby's case, it's 11 p.m., but man, I like to be home by 10 o'clock. Okay, you can throw stones, you can say I'm just an old fuddy-duddy whatever, but I'm just saying statistics will show the later you're out, the more likely you're in, you're to get in trouble. Wambach failed a field sobriety test. She was then arrested. Later, she failed a breath test at the police station. However, police said she was very polite, she was cooperative, and she was released on her own recognizance. You ever notice how belligerent people are with police on those TV shows? My wife and I always figured that if detectives say, Lenny from Law and Order, or pick your favorite show. Favor came to our door, we'd be more like, yes, sir, no, sir. I can't figure why someone who isn't guilty would have the first instinct to be a jerk. Why are you so defensive? Why, why are you being a jerk? Being polite, being respectful will almost always get you much further ahead. But that's just me. I know many of you like to be a jerk. In court papers, which were released after she was arraigned on Tuesday, it was revealed that Wambach admitted to police that she has tried cocaine and that she used marijuana 10 years ago. This would have been during the time that she played for the U.S. women's national team. A police spokesman said it's standard conduct for officers to ask about prior drug use. They weren't prying, they simply asking the question. Abby Wambach is not reputed to have ever had a drug problem. She's never really been linked to any type of drug-related scandal that I'm aware of. The fact that she tried it and perhaps even used marijuana occasionally in her mid-twenties, you know, to me is not really all that shocking. And yet there it was, in every news report after her arraignment, that she had used drugs. All over. You could go on the internet and she used drugs, she used drugs. The only reason that's known is because she was honest police when they asked her about it. Be sure your sin will find you out. What you sow, you will reap. Things come back. Things have a way of coming back on you. I'm, of course, not condoning her actions. Her drug use, whether it was recreational or even simply experimental, especially not her driving under the influence, but I admire her courage for standing up and accepting responsibility for what she did. I applaud her for that. Here's what she posted to her Facebook page. Last night I was arrested for DUII in Portland after dinner at a friend's house. Those that know me know that I have always demanded excellence from myself. I have let myself and others down. I take full responsibility for my actions. This is all on me. I promise that I will do whatever it takes to ensure that my horrible mistake is never repeated. I am so sorry to my family, friends, fans, and those that look to follow a better example. Signed, Abby. She owned it, man. She was contrite. She accepted responsibility. And there's just not a whole lot for media to do after that. What are you going to do? Keep kicking a dead horse? She owned it. Now, she has come out since and said that the truth will come out. I know, you know, you guys want to know all about what happened a couple nights ago. And unfortunately... It's an ongoing case and a pending case and something that uh, I'm not really allowed to talk about the details of the situation, unfortunately. I will, at some point, 
completely be uh, transparent and the truth will come out. I don't know what she means by that, because this is such a good apology. It's straightforth owning of the situation. I take full responsibility for my actions. This is all on me. I promise that I will do whatever it takes to ensure that my horrible mistake is never repeated. Is there a lesson there somewhere? Proverbs 28.13 says, Whosoever conceals his transgression will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Adam Barnes says the conditions, he's a, he's a biblical theologian, he says the conditions of freedom are confession and amendment. Confession to God of sins against him, to men of sins against them. Man, when you confess your mistake, when you make an amend to somebody for your mistakes, whether it be God or man, it is so freeing to be forgiven, or even to at least know that your hands are clean. Man, I am sorry. I made a mistake. What can I do to make it up to you? In recent weeks, I've made much about the lack in our society of people who take responsibility for themselves. More and more, it seems people go to the farthest extremes to blame anyone or anything before they accept fault themselves. It's like this ridiculous political situation in states like North Carolina, Mississippi, other municipalities perhaps that have said no, we don't want males using women's bathrooms regardless of how they identify. Now these states are being labeled as bullies when in fact it's the other side, it's groups from the other side who are being bullies trying to bully their desire to use any bathroom they like. The colonies laws which are intended to protect Laws that will now promote discrimination. Like anybody's actively trying to promote discrimination. Come on, nobody's, just, no state municipality, no elected official wants to promote discrimination. By saying that, they are going to the farthest extremes. They're simply saying that if you have male parts, use the male bathroom. Frankly, if you have male parts, I don't want you in the bathroom with my wife or daughter. I remain uncertain why the desires of so few seem to make so much more noise, seem to get so much more, uh, why they even supersede those of so many. Why does your desire carry more weight than mine? You're the one that wants things changed. I'm the one saying this has been this way for a long time and it works. I don't want males in women's bathrooms. Now, I don't want to camp out here. I know this is a sports show, but I do want to conclude this thought. I'm a big fan of Garrison Keillor. I I love the Prairie Home Companion program on NPR. I'm well aware of his political leanings. It's not a shock to me. And while I may often disagree when he gets political, I still love the show. I think he's a remarkable talent. But on last week's show, he took a shot at North Carolina by saying that when he grew up, he was taught not to look while in a public bathroom. He's kind of simplifying the thing. So he didn't see any reason why using a bathroom, any bathroom you want, should be an issue. I mean, come on, man. I know you're probably trying to be humorous, but this isn't really the point. To be honest, I'm not necessarily all that worried about the people who identify contrary to their original biological makeup. I'm more concerned that by passing a law which allows anything goes, that you open a door for ill-intending people to take advantage of the situation in order to prey on innocent people. That's what I'm more concerned about. And if you don't think that's going to happen, I think you're being naive. It's not the identifiers. It's the predators. 
You'd make it easier for people who cut holes in walls, who hide cameras, who take pictures under skirts and such things by giving them greater and wider access. These laws aren't promoting discrimination. They're protecting privacy. Yet we live in a time where things you say are twisted to the furthest extremes at times. We see people defend themselves in our courts with ridiculous arguments and twistings of freedoms and in order to avoid doing what's right, in order to avoid saying, I'm wrong here. Abby Wambach didn't do this. She stood up and she took responsibility. She didn't blame her friends. She didn't blame the car company. She didn't blame the police officers. She owned it. And man, I applaud her for doing that. You know, the first part in making amends with somebody is taking responsibility. Taking responsibility involves promptly admitting when you're wrong. Man, I made a mistake. It's not the end of the world. Before you do anything, admit to yourself that a mistake was made. Mistakes are the way we learn. It doesn't have to become this long-term source of guilt for you. Admitting to a mistake is a sign of maturity. It's a sign of wisdom. It's a sign of integrity. The denial of an error, the lack of responsibility for that mistake, that's the problem. Once you've taken responsibility for a mistake, making amends is so much easier. Making amends is just as much for your benefit as it is for the other person involved. The reality is that other person may or may not accept your apology or your offer of amendment. So taking responsibility is simply good for you. Remember a few years ago when Martha Stewart went to jail? She'd been accused of insider trading. But that's not why she went to jail. She ended up in a federal prison for 18 months for lying to federal prosecutors. If she had simply admitted her guilt of insider trading, she'd have been fine for sure. She'd have got a slap on the wrist. But that probably would have been the end of it. But yet our pride, it gets the best of us. We're so often defiant, so defiant in defending ourselves. Admitting when we're wrong and taking responsibility should be part of our lifestyle. Integrity is a process. It's something we build. The philosophy that you are not at fault or that you should not be held responsible is, well, in my opinion, it's a tool the devil designed to keep people in darkness and away from Christ. Coming to the point where we acknowledge our sin is a critical part of the gospel message. It has to happen. It's a requirement. You have to admit your guilt. None of us are perfect, and because of that, the Bible says we come short of the glory of God. As sinners, we're not able to fellowship with a holy and perfect God. But the beautiful part of the gospel is that even though we're guilty, we don't have to pay the penalty of our sins. Abby Wambach admitted to her guilt. She's still going to need to face some sort of consequences. But with God, he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, whose sinless life was the perfect sacrifice to cover your guilt, my guilt, at the cross. God simply asks that we come to the point where we confess our sins and seek his forgiveness. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But there's one more aspect of this story that I want to bring up before we go to break. And I'm quite certain that Abby Wambach did not set out to drive under the influence of alcohol. 
She was enjoying an evening with friends, and at some point, a line was crossed. Probably not intentionally. I'm sure not intentionally. I believe today's young Christians, and by young I mean those of at least legal drinking age, among this group of believers there is a much different view of alcohol consumption than of the generation before them. Their parents, if they are believers, are much more likely to completely abstain from alcohol, while today's young Christian hipster almost celebrates it and their freedom of Christ to partake. Okay, fine. I I continue to maintain that the Bible does not completely declare the consumption of alcohol as being sinful. Now, we're all aware of drunkenness as being sinful, but just having a drink is not necessarily sinful in and of itself. Yeah, we can make cases about, you know, the appearance of evil or what if somebody who doesn't know or doesn't understand being a stumbling block, that those kinds of things. But in and of itself, just having a drink is not necessarily sinful. But here's my argument. Why is it such a big deal to you who defend alcohol consumption so vehemently? Why is this issue such a big deal to you? Is having a non-alcoholic drink instead such a bad thing? Here's why I ask the question. The line between sobriety and being under some type of influence is very blurred. It's easily crossed. You may be fine, but a couple of sips later, you've now crossed the line because you're adding to what you've already consumed. It can be a very indistinguishable line. It was for Abby Wambach. And magnifying the issue as you approach that line of no longer being completely sober is that with each additional amount of alcohol you consume, you become less guarded to know where that line actually is. Now I know, if you're a hipster, nothing I'm saying is going to change your opinion. It's part of your fabric, just like flannel, just like repetitive choruses. You want to defend the lifestyle which avails itself to alcohol and tobacco. Your whiskey, your cigars are just as important to you as your scripture reading and your study of manuscript evidence. I get it. But don't you ever wonder, how in the world is cocaine usage so clearly wrong regardless of the amount? Or pick your pick your drug. No matter how much you use, it's, it's wrong. But yet alcohol consumption, its usage is accepted, well up to a certain amount. That acceptable amount is so ambiguous. The fact is, it's actually perfectly legal to drink and drive. It's only illegal to drive while impaired, and impaired is determined by your state or your municipality deciding on an acceptable blood alcohol level. There's no permissible level of cocaine usage or other drugs. Alcohol companies want you to buy their products. They'll sell it to you in any size. The bigger, the better. But then they're going to tell you to drink responsibly. I'll sell you an entire keg, but drink responsibly. Isn't that a mixed message? And who knows what is a responsible amount? Abby Wambach stepped up and owned her mistake, but night after night, Christian young people set themselves up to easily make that very same mistake. Cannot tell you that the Bible says alcohol consumption is sinful? I can't. But I do wonder why so many young people defend it so enthusiastically. A believer who makes the same mistake, say, as Abby Wambach, 
And you can say that it's never going to happen to you, but I bet she thought the same thing. For that Christian, their testimony for Christ would be greatly damaged. I fail to see why it's worth it. But then again, it's never going to happen to you. This is Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game is brought to you by Town and Country Pest Solutions. and this is my impression of a geographically challenged rock band delivering a commencement speech. Hello, graduates! Here's a song called Adulthood is Scary, but Progressive is Snapshot. Plug it in and save money for being a safe driver. Let me hear you, Cleveland! I mean, Kansas City! Uh, New York? Safe drivers save with Snapshot from Progressive. Now you're wearing a stupid hat. Congrats! No, but really, where are we? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Snapshot not available in all states. I've been telling you about McAfee's Remodeling Company on this show for a long time. They're family-owned and have been in business for nearly two decades. They're great for all your interior and exterior home remodeling needs, but they also do much more. McAfee's Remodeling is now proud to offer Hydro Garden Construction to help you become more self-sufficient by growing food in your own home year-round. And they are now proud to be offering skylights and light tunnel installation. Light tunnels bring more healthy natural light into your home, allowing you to use less artificial light and save on electricity. So give McAfee's Remodeling a call at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. You have a lot of useless information in your head. It's as useless as the Winter Olympics. You're useless, Ignacio. It's about as useless as a screen door on a submarine. All right, it is that time again. It's time for useless information. And get ready for a nerd fest because there are a lot of numbers headed your way, but I'll try to keep it quick. Now, Rocky shortstop Trevor Story is a prospect that I've been following for a while, and he's made headlines this week by hitting four homers so far in his first three games, including two off of Zach Greinke in his MLB debut. Story surprised a lot of people, but how exactly has he gone from unknown to household name? Well, as the StatCast service shows, there's a perfect combination of three things. Number one, he puts the ball in the air a lot. Between AA and AAA last year, he put up a measly 25% ground ball rate. The lowest in the majors last year was 27%, so he was even lower than that. Number two, he consistently hits the ball really hard. He led all spring training hitters with a 91.7 mile an hour exit velocity, and the average exit velocity of his four homers was 106 miles an hour. Number three is the nerdiest, and it goes hand in hand with the velocity, which is he hits the ball at the perfect angle. The average angle of his four home runs was 27.75 degrees. Last year, when major leaguers hit the ball at an exit velo over 100 miles an hour and an angle in that sweet spot between 25 and 30 degrees, they batted 880 with a slugging percentage of 3.336, which is obscene. 
If Story continues to hit the ball right in that sweet spot of exit velocity and angle, he'll put up some really nice numbers, and he hasn't even hit in Coors Field yet. You might be able to tell that Zach and I watch a baseball game differently. (laughs) Those numbers, this is why you want to stay in school, kids. Stay in school. Let's do shenanigans, Zach. You've got some good topics for us. Why don't you hit us up with that first one? But our shenanigans are cheeky and fun. Yeah, I mean, his shenanigans are cruel and tragic. Which makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Evil shenanigans. Well, I got one basketball to start with, and then in honor of the baseball season starting, we'll do all baseball after that. But to begin with, truth or shenanigans, Scottie Pippen is correct in saying that the 95-96 Bulls would sweep this year's Golden State Warriors. Shenanigans. It's so difficult to compare teams of different eras. Mm-hmm. You build your team to play the com- the competition that you have, not compared to a time that once was. Quite frankly, the Warriors were a team that, if they were a team, I should say, that liked to drive to the basket, maybe I'd agree. But I'm not certain how well Pippen's Bulls could answer the outside game of these Warriors. I don't know. I thought about this one for a while, and it, like you said, it depends on I think it depends on which era's rules you're playing under. If you're playing under this era's rules, maybe that favors the Warriors. My deciding factor is that Michael Jordan's on that Bulls team, and I really can't pick against him, so I'll go with the Bulls. I'll, I'll, I'll agree. But a sweep? Sweep, I don't know about. That's true. That's what you have in there. Well, all right. Gotta read the fine print, baby. I know. I was still thinking about exit velocity. The Mets have been consistently talked up as World Series contenders ever since last year's World Series and have been media darlings all spring. The Mets should be concerned about World Series hangover in 2016. I agree. I started to talk about this a little earlier and then I stopped myself um, because I knew this question was coming. The only real reason I picked the Mets to win their division is because I think the Nationals lost a little too much. Mm-hmm. said that earlier during our predictions, but... I'm just not completely sold on the Mets' offense being consistent enough. While I think the pitching is dominant, I don't get the sense that they're a unified unit. Matt Harvey has a lot to do with that for me. The Royals beat the Mets last year because they were a more complete team. And if the Mets go into any kind of slump, I think you could see some division, partly because of the expectations of being the defending league champion and having been so talked up. So, yeah, I agree. I agree, too. I think anytime you have one of those magical runs where everything just comes together like it did for them after the Cespedes trade, that there's always a chance that the next year the magic doesn't make the the trip with you. So I I agree. I think that we could see some regression. You're not sneaking up on anybody anymore. Exactly. You're the target now. All right, the Tampa Bay Rays have always had trouble selling tickets, but this year they couldn't even sell out opening day. Meanwhile, the two exhibition games played in Montreal sold a combined 106,000 tickets for just the two games. Truth or shenanigans, MLB needs to find a way to move the Rays to Montreal and bring back the Expos. I'd say shenanigans. I love the idea of the Montreal Expos. You see our Gary Carter autographed Montreal Expo jersey sitting here in the studio. I'm talking to Zach because obviously those listening on radio don't see it, but it's here. I love the idea of the Expos, but truth is, while they sold out a couple of games very well, I'm not convinced Montreal is a sustained baseball market. They're talking about an open-air 30-some-thousand-seat stadium in Montreal, an open-air stadium. 
I just, I'm not convinced. I'm not certain Tampa Bay is either. And while I hate to see teams move, if it ain't happening, it ain't happening. It doesn't look like it's really happening in Tampa Bay. But I think there are places other than Montreal that might be a better long-term fit. And I love the idea of the Expos. I absolutely agree, partially because I've always had a soft spot for the Expos. I, You know I talk about them all the time. More so, though, because I think it's just so unfair to the Rays that they don't make any money because nobody goes to their games. I really think they could have been a dynasty for the last several years if they'd been able to keep the guys like David Price that they've traded away. So just in the best interest of the team being competitive, I think they should be moved. All right, Ned Yost and the Royals complained that their World Series championship ceremony on opening day was spoiled a little bit by the presence of the Mets, the team that they beat in that World Series. Truth or shenanigans, the Mets shouldn't have been present for the ceremony. I say shenanigans. Sounds more like spin to me. They don't want the Mets to be upset and perhaps trying to avoid the appearance of rubbing it in, I think, is where Ned Yost's comments come from. I can't imagine it really matters all that much who's on the other side. I agree with you. I say shenanigans as well. Uh, If you're the Royals, you're getting your World Series rings. Who cares who's watching? Be happy that you're the world champions. It doesn't matter. They don't care. Yeah, it it doesn't matter at all. Truth or shenanigans, A-Rod will be the first admitted steroid user to be elected into the Hall of Fame. You know, I agree. And I agree because David Ortiz doesn't admit his part in a failed test. Ah. But while I agree, I tend to think there'll be a year coming sooner than later when several of these admitted users will be voted in as a group. So when A-Rod goes in, and I think he will, I think there'll be others that go in with him at the same time. So I agree, but there's kind of an asterisk to that. I could see that. Uh, I agree as well. The way that Bud Selig and baseball really went after him and even broke laws trying to obtain evidence against him a couple years ago really turned him into almost a sympathetic figure in the eyes of the public. Then he had that historic year last year, and then... He had that great run as a TV analyst during the postseason. He was really good. And aside from breaking a TV with a football, that went really well. And uh, I I just think that he's really gained a whole bunch of momentum and gained some favor with fans. And I think that uh, he's trending the right way to get into the Hall of Fame. You know, the favor with fans is one thing. The favor with the media that will actually do the voting is maybe another. That remains to be seen how much he's trending in the right direction with them. I agree. Title sponsor of Beyond the Game is Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, fearing nothing but God. My pest of the week is two members of the U.S. men's national soccer team, Alejandro Bedoya and Josie Altamore. After Abby Wambach's DUII arrest, Bedoya took a shot through Twitter by saying, must have been a foreign American player's fault. Okay. As one of those foreign American players, Bedoya was taking a shot at Wambach in her comments last year or so when she answered a question about their place on the American team's roster by saying the men's team had brought in these foreign guys. It's just not something I believe in. Okay, you took a shot, Bedoya, but I think it just shows a lack of integrity to take that shot, and especially taking it when someone is down. For his part, Altidore said, also through Twitter, that should have used one of the team vans, LOL, a reference to the night that Hope Solo's husband, Jeremy Stevens, was arrested for DUI while driving one of the team vans. LOL? LOL? Listen, 
Josie, there's nothing funny about any of this. Nothing funny at all. Quite frankly, to see them taking shots at Wambach after this unfortunate incident just looks childish and petty. Take the high road here. Be better than that. To be honest, if I were a member of the men's team who are fairly irrelevant in in (laughs) world soccer, I'd avoid saying foolish things that make me look jealous of the women's team who happen to dominate the world soccer stage. Alejandro Bedoya and Josie Altamore are my pests of the week. My pest of the week is James Kiki. You probably haven't heard of him. He's a refugee from South Sudan who lives in Syracuse. He filled out a bracket on Yahoo uh, for March Madness with a chance to win $50,000, and he had a winning entry, but he couldn't collect any money because he forgot to pick a winner. He says he planned to pick Villanova over North Carolina in the finals, but he apparently just forgot, and it cost him fifty grand. He's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. Before we clear out of here, I just want to ask you, the John Oliver thing at Yankee Stadium, any of that bother you? Not really, because I think we agreed that we weren't big fans of the Yankees' ticket policy, so I think to protest it in that manner was actually pretty hilarious. I found it, yeah, I found it, yeah, I found it very humorous that he's giving away these tickets for, what was it, 50 cents or 25 cents or whatever it was, and you got a couple of Ninja Turtles sitting behind <laughs> home plate at Yankee Stadium. Now, in defense of the Yankees, I don't think that they were saying, I, I understand this came out wrong. I don't think his intention was set to say that we don't want that type of person sitting with those high-class people in that section. What he was trying to say, in my opinion, and maybe I'm dead wrong on this, but I wouldn't want to sit, if I paid $1,000 for my seat, the guy sitting next to me got his for 20 bucks off some site, that would bother me a little bit. I think that's what the Yankees were saying more than anything else, but it, it definitely came out wrong. But I don't like their system anyway, all those expensive seats behind home plate, because time and time again, you're watching a Yankee game, those seats are often empty. Unless it's a warm Saturday afternoon, and this past week with so many cold games, that place was empty, at least in that area where those expensive seats are. The Red Sox, by the way, they put all the salt of the earth down there. They got like their bleacher creatures down there. That's got to be imposing for the opponent hitter coming in with all that right there oh, on yeah. top of you. Oh, they're it. right on top of you. And they're yeah. loud, they're they're excited, they're getting on you, and the place is packed around home plate. Absolutely. Yankee Stadium is the opposite. It's empty, it's quiet. Yeah, good on John Oliver for calling that out. You and I were talking today about the uh, the Reds-Phillies game, and we were watching the highlights, and we were saying there's nobody in the seats. I looked up the attendance. It was 10,784. These games that start, and I, I understand you got to get them all in, but in my opinion, take a few games off the schedule because these early April games are just so cold. Yeah. Who wants to go? Yeah, but I mean, that stadium is like 75% empty. Like, that's just, that's embarrassing. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Game. Beyond the Game's been brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com, or you can give them a call, 585-426-5024. Thanks for joining us. For Zach, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at this same time. Have a great week, everybody.